You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. On this episode of The Deb Show, we're having a storytelling party. So some of my episodes are one-on-one interviews, but every now and then, okay, a little bit more than every now and then, I invite a bunch of friends from different areas of my life to chat on a certain topic. So in this episode, the topic is storytelling, which was actually my April Gold Chat Live theme. There are a few references to events coming up because it was National Poetry Month, but you'll be able to catch on. Let's get this storytelling party started. I have brought three people from very different parts of my life to talk, and I think we're going to start with Jennifer. I know Jennifer because she joins Gold Chat on Sunday nights most weeks, and the other thing about Jennifer is you created the podcast hosting month, which is October, but you're all like into Clubhouse, audio, and everything mm-hmm. multimedia, so why don't you introduce yourself because you do too many things. I mean, you do just the right amount. <laughs> And I'm thrilled you could join us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with these ladies. I know we're all going to learn a lot about storytelling. Uh, my name is Jennifer Navarrete. I uh, heard about podcasting in 2005. And when <laughs> I heard about it, I was like, you mean I can record something, put it up on the web, and no one can stop me? And I was like, sign me up. And I have been involved in the podcasting space since. Um, obviously, social media, video, those things have come along. It has turned into something that I do for my career now. Um, the thing that re- Deborah was referencing was National Podcast Post Month, which is very much like NaNoWriMo National Novel Writers Month. Um, in the case of National Novel Writers Month, it's 50,000 words in 30 days. Well, for NAPOD POMO, it's uh, 30 podcasts in 30 days. And it's a real challenge. But we, in 2020, we celebrated our 13th year. And when we circle back around to November this year, it'll be year 14. And it's a whole lot of fun to kind of get people together to gain their confidence in podcasting because a lot of people have this barrier to the tech barrier to entry. And so I like to think of challenges as a fail mm. fast, get good opportunity. Excellent. And and we're talking storytelling. So of course I thought of you and I'm thrilled to have you here. So we're going to swap over to Tanya. And Tanya is a poet and she is like my newest friend, which Leslie's going to laugh because I've only known her for like a month and I have a newer friend than her. And <laughs> we met because Tanya is a member of Women's National Book Association, LA Chapter, of which I'm vice president, and you're part of an event our president Diana is putting together next month, and she mentioned Tanya, and I'm like, it's Poetry Month. I need an awesome poet. Diana Mm -hmm. said Tanya is an awesome poet. So please introduce yourself and share anything else you think people need to know. Oh, okay. Hi, everybody. Um, (laughs) 
I am Tanya, and then actually my Korean name is Hyunhae. I am immigrant from Korea, um, 1982. And at the time, I didn't speak any English. Can you believe it? <laughs> no. I didn't speak any English. And then, um, so it's just interesting. I'm writing about um, the background about that. And, whoa, like it just... Thinking about it, like it just like not giving up and then pursuing what you wanted to do is very important, even though it takes time. And then Jennifer, I'm just like so envy you, like <laughs> technique. Oh my goodness, I break everything, I broke everything. But like you know, it gives me <laughs> a lot of inspiration that like I, I wanted to go on. And um, so I actually published the book like last year before pandemic. And so I was going to do a lot of reading and everything, but like it just got canceled. So what I did, this is like a thank you there because last year doing um, National Poetry Month, instead of like I cannot go any like, you know, reading and stuff. So what I made is like YouTube for Poetry Month and then I committed it. Every day that I'm going to do 30 days, not knowing how to even edit it, and but I did it. So I'm so happy. Well, I'm thrilled you could be here. I'm going to swap you out with Leslie. And Leslie I met because we're both members of a Canadian networking group. And of course, neither one of us is in Canada. Um, and we had a wonderful conversation and I, I cannot do justice to introducing you. So will you please introduce yourself and explain why I think you're amazing and need to be here with us today? <laughs> wow. Um, well, excuse me, but my English is not so good either because I'm Scottish, but there you go. That's something else to play with. Um, I'm a shamanic practitioner and storyteller, uh, among other things. And um, I enjoy stories, and my favorite thing to ask people is, whose talk are you walking? Is it yours? Mm. And um, mainly, I use this as a way to get people to tell me their story so that we can understand where the cloth of their limitations is being clipped and cut and sewn up. Wow. And uh, I think it's very important that people understand that storytelling is what we do all the time, mm. every day. And we tell it to ourselves every time we're telling it to someone else. And so that kind of embeds everything that we say, you know, it embeds the identity, it embeds the attachments, it embeds the lies. Mm. Wow, so that's powerful. story is very, very important in life. Mm. It's the heart of everything. The other reason why I thought it was really important to, to do this topic is because we keep rewriting our stories. So much has been changing, and some of the stories are not so good, and some of the stories that have come out of this, you know, things people have created, shared with the world in the last year is incredible, but we also have the power of our story. Leslie, can you share quickly your journey? Oh, crikey, quickly. Um, <laughs> so, slightly weird, embraced it as a child, uh, then things started happening. I became a veterinary nurse and I traveled to Monaco and back again. And But all the time there was this thing beside me that was all about listening to stories and enjoying fairy tales for a long, long time. 
um, after a couple of um, spontaneous initiations, I became a shamanic practitioner. And uh, basically that has overtaken the veterinary work because Spirit sent me a six stone Rottweiler at two o'clock in the morning to tell me, no, 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 Leslie, this is not for you anymore. We want you to do this and you're not listening. So now you listen. And so I listened because it was very painful not to. And uh, basically I started to understand the power of story and I use fairy tales particularly because fairy tales for me are shamanic journeys. They are initiatory mm -hmm. journeys. And basically it's all about, again, how we work our story. And I'm always learning what my story is. And I'm going with the flow as much as I can there because mm. I don't want any more of violence. We are always rewriting and I think paying attention to the messages we get is, I think, key to figuring out your path. So, Tanya, yes. the poetry, has yes. it just always been something in your soul? It was. Um, I think um, because I, it's just like a soul refresh because I've been writing about how I start writing. And um, I came from Korea, right? And then um, in school, we have to turn in the, our diaries as a homework. So they take your diary. And Do they so, read, if they read them too? Yes. And, um, oh, wow. So you cannot put right. your true stories in your diary, right? So it's too much work for me because I have to keep it for one for myself. And then I turn it in for school homework. And, um, there is, and then as, um, in Korea, the women, especially, I mean, even men too, like, we're just like really not sharing emotions, like you suppress the emotions. And then, um, we hear like a lot of stories around, but like not really talk about the, you know, what is that story makes me feel, how we wanted to change, but like it's rather, um, just like, it is the way to go and then just like follow instead of like express the feeling, express like your own ideas. And um, you just like receive the like how the women life should be, you know, and then at school you learn how to be obey and then also not express your true feelings. And so that I have to be write on my paper and there's some feelings that I wanted to express but like when you express your true feelings then you get uh, punished right and that you're not supposed to express that feelings and Leslie was like a shamanic like stories and this is like really interesting stories because we we have so many shamans in our culture but um, it changed so a lot of people who was like from Buddhist, Buddhist, Buddhism changed to Christianity. But yeah, they're still believing in shamans and then like a lot of fortune tellings. And then they wanted to make the also like interesting thing is that like um, they believe in fate, a lot of like a fate. So you're born in that day, the time, and then that's the your fate is gonna be. Hmm. So you cannot change it, the fate. 
you know, like something bad luck, then they will say like, because that's your fate. So, so what is, so what do you think? Oh, I, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I think like in for a while, I believed it, I think in a way, but you know, um, and just like Leslie say that like the stories are changing. And then I think more empowered women is that you who's making your story, hmm. who's making rewriting your story, redirecting your story where you want to go. And today, like I actually had like a mantra, like a reading that like surround the people around me, they don't have to change. But it's you, you have to change to make your own story. I am all about that. And if anybody asked me, you know, why I wrote my book, it was yeah. because to help people embrace change. We can have the life we want, but we have to choose it and make a path that, that's suitable for us. And then we have the path or that we think we come up with the motto and our mission in life. And it might take us through different incarnations. But when, when we know what we love, what we're all about and that's the guiding force we can create the life we want hmm. um i just want to like step in that's like it's just like um coming from another culture and live in this culture and you see how women you know change their lives but then as a girl and growing up and then um study and then how role of the women should be um, is very hard to break it through. So um, interestingly, like I write about a lot of women's issue what, through the poetry and through like I was while I was writing, I find out about comfort women as well too that which I I didn't aware, but comfort women are. Uh, you know, sexual slavery during World War II, and their very horrible experience, and a lot of people just kept, um, this is like a picture of the comfort women um, that the book was like just published before pandemic. And I think, in a way, I don't know how Leslie will see, but like it's, I'm almost like channeling in then talking their stories because it's just like amazing that this happened and then they were silent on mm -hmm. 45 years they're silent they didn't even speak out their comfort women they didn't share their experience it's not just one woman a lot most of the women they don't even share and for the first time Sun Kim came out and then announced 1991 40, 46 years later, she came out to say, I was come for women. I, I, think, I think that there's a, throughout this paradigm shift that we're in at the moment, and we are in a very big paradigm shift, if only we would actually understand that that's the case and mm -hmm. stop trying to get back to normal. Mm -hmm. um, because there is no normal. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, you can't go backwards, you have to go forwards. But within this space, there is an energy and there is an echo of a voice that is coming through. 
and it's coming through from all of those whose voices have been silenced mm. for so long. Yes. We're finding now that we are actually being polarised in that there are those who are being in fear and those who are actually finding their voice now and being able to say, hold on a minute, I have a story. I yes. have a right to tell my story and you have a right to listen. Jennifer, you've been quiet. Do you want to jump in on this? Well, the thing I love about um, the platforms that exist now, very much like mm-hmm. StreamYard, very much like Twitter, podcasting, Clubhouse, I- any any tool, right? It's a tool. We use it as we need, but it allows the folks that in the past would have been silent because they didn't have a, a platform to share those things. Now all of us have it. I mean, if you've got one of these, you've got a production studio in your pocket. So the fact that it un- enables storytelling, I think is one of the most powerful things that has, that has happened over these years. And that's probably why we're going through what we're going through, because more people have an opportunity to voice their thoughts, their fears, experiences, and then other people who have had similar situations or people who have empathy for that can then, you know, rise up together because the way that we can break a lot of those cycles that are negative cycles in not just our own family life, but in culture mm-hmm. is yes. through awareness and through, and how do we get awareness through storytelling? Well, it's interesting you say that Jennifer, because I have a very hyper feminist friend who was coming to storytelling night with us at one point. And the story that night was Cinderella and she was on her horse and she was there. And she was like, I don't like this story. This story is bad. It suppresses women. It's not good. And I said, well, okay, you're going to get a chance because the way we do it, we take them inside the story. So she came out and she said, I said, did you have a word with her? I did. And how did you how did you get on with that? Did you convert her? She said, I didn't have to. She's already there. She was working within the confines of the story that was told. But of course, the story that was told that I I heard wasn't all the story that was there. Because in Victorian mm. times they wrapped it up in a nice little pink ribbon and said, This is where it ends and it's happily ever after. But of course, these are. This is actually the start of the story. If you want to really go into where the power comes in, you mm. want to listen to the grim stories. You want to go grim because they actually start at happily ever after. As soon as the Prince Charming comes in and does his bit, and mm. then the, the girl says, oh, hang on a minute, there's more to this than meets your eye. And guess what, honey? You're in for a bumpy ride. <laughs> so, you know... It's the fact that in a culture, even in Western culture, Tanya, Mm -hmm. Mm. there are suppressive techniques for what women should be deemed to be doing. And a lot of the times through um, anthropology in Victorian times was a really, really massive subject. But because most, if not all, of the anthropologists were male, Many of them were attached to the church because that was allowed them to go that way. And the rest of them all had money. So they were bored. So they decided to go off and find out what was going off in other lands. But most of the time it was to re-educate those who were there, shall we say. I love that term, re-educate. covers a multitude of sins. But also we're only discovering now that what they discovered was that there were shamanka 
in these places. There were female shamans, more often than not, either working alongside the male shamanic people or as the only shaman of the people. And that was suppressed knowledge-wise because they decided that that couldn't be right because no woman could have that kind of place in life because they were subjective. It was all about what they expected to happen and how they wanted to turn the world into their idea of what would be right. And so even although in very, very early on in the Roman times when Boudicca was about and the Iceni were led by women Mm -hmm. and this country here, the UK, was a matriarchal society until the Romans came, we kind of didn't get taught that in school. So the stories get edited all the time. What advice would you have for someone who needs to tell their story but can't quite get it out or has been told that that their story doesn't matter? Do you have any thoughts or words of wisdom or encouragement? And I'll let you think because I want to go back to what Tanya was saying at the beginning of talking. The whole, the journaling and how you have to keep two is just baffling not baffling, it makes complete sense. But one of the things that, that I taught, because I, I love journaling, it's one of my absolute favorite recommendations. So if I were answering the question that I just asked, I'd say start with journaling and tell the story that you want or figure out the life you want on paper. And then when you say it to yourself, that'll give you practice to getting it out in the world. But when I was growing up, they would check the journals, but they would read the journals. But that's what really inspired my love of journaling. I want to jump in here real quick. So journaling is great if you're someone who likes to write. And of course, we all know that as children, you know, we learn differently and it doesn't change when we grow up. Right. Mm. And that's why one of the nice things about this modern day is that if you learn by listening, there's audiobooks, there's podcasts, there's all number of things. If you learn by watching, there's YouTube, there's any number of videos. If you learn by reading, there's blog posts, there's all kinds of stuff. So I would say start with what you're comfortable with. Because if, if, if you thought, oh, I have to write and I don't really like writing or I have to start a podcast or, or I have to do audio and I don't really like audio or I have to be on video, I would say start with what is comfortable for you. Because <laughs> sharing your story, especially if it's a challenging story, um, is difficult. So why make the medium that you're going to use a challenge? Start with something that you're really comfortable with, whatever it is. As I mentioned before, if all you do is just record, talk and do the voice memo on your phone, that's the beginning. Go to Otter, have it transcribed, you know, then make maybe make a blog post out of that or, or use it to kind of ponder those things. I always tell folks, start with what you have, start with what you're comfortable with, start small, launch soft. You know, a lot of times people create content, they think, oh, I've got to have this big, huge, hard launch, amazing. And it's like, what's wrong with a soft launch? What's wrong with starting slow? So I would say ease into it with the tools that you have, with what platform you're comfortable with. And just the key though, get started. The key to everything is to get started. Completely agree. And um, I um, have an experience because um, I I relate to a lot of like a first generation who came from, um, you know, immigrants, you know, older generation. And I had happened to have a workshop with them on told the stories, actually, mm-hmm. at the senior center. 
and it was mixed races. And then also um, the artist, the Marine, she's the um, she's the artist, and then I am a poet. So we came together, and then um, we did the workshop for the seniors, and I had um, Korean grandmas there, the older generation. And I know, because I know the culture, because they don't think their life is important, and then they don't have anything to say. And a lot of them, like, you know, didn't go to school and stuff like that, so they don't have a train to writing. But, like, we are incorporate with the art. So then, like, we did the calligraphy as well, learn how to do art. And also, the problem is, like, they think I never wrote like how can I write a poetry so here I comes like we did the brainstorming and then I said okay what is the home what is so then that's like a very benefit for me because I could speak both language so then I say home and then uh and then like there's oh the home I could eat there, you know, okay, so then with the brainstorming, where you could eat, and then, in fact, one of the ladies, she loves to write a journal. I write my journal, that's like my most precious time. Okay, you write journal. You know, so like we did the brainstorming, and um, what I did was that like, their Korean language, and then I hear their story, right? So, very close to what they said, and I translate to English, and they said, "Whoa, really? This is what, what really I said it." And then the artist, what she did was with their drawing, we put their poem in both Korean English on their art. So it was just like fabulous. But um, a lot of times, I think, that women have this um, insecurity or uh, less value their lives. So I have no story to tell. Also, another thing is that um, if there's a story, they don't want to share. They wanted to keep it secret because um, the sharing is could be so... Maybe it could be a burden to other member of a family, or that's why like it's very hesitate. Um, as an Asian woman, and then also Korean women, I will tell you like we meet like a lot of times. They don't really share the deep in their hearts. Just like it's a sad in a way. I could talk like a lot of like you know inner thing is you know with a lot of people, but. Um, we wanted to keep it like surface so that we don't really need to know each other inside. It is sad. But what what I think is important to have conversations like this is this is how people are going to learn that it's okay to open up. It's okay mm -hmm. to share because there are safe spaces. I'm going to go over to Leslie to see what thought she has for people who need or want to share what is a good first step for them? I think basically there's a way to pick every lock. And very much it's a case of mindset. 
And when that mindset is set in stone, it's very difficult for people to lift that stone up and look under it and say, well, is it in there? Is it hiding in there? Is there a story mm-hmm. in there that mm-hmm. I can tell? Who would want to know my story? My story is just the same as anyone else's. Actually, it's not. We all have a unique story because we all have unique experiences and unique ways of experiencing life. Mm. So therefore, we all have our own unique superpowers. And that's something that only by allowing a song that's not sung has no power. A poem that's not spoken has no power. It's not written. It's not there. Mm. It's not birthed. A story is not just creating yourself. It's stepping into your power by saying, this is my story. It doesn't actually mean that that is my identity, all of it. It means that this is my start and this is how I mean to go on. So allowing people to see the story as a journey and allowing them to understand the power of first going within, shamanically, we would teach them to journey to the drum. Mm. allow them or guided visualization if they're not too keen on that allow them to actually quietly go within themselves and understand the land that is there the the story that's inside them and it's theirs to keep if they want to It's it's their choice that's part of the power i can gift you part of my story i can gift you all my story but actually there will always be a part that's not quite gifted because it hasn't been written yet. And that's the thing about it. I have people who say to me, oh, Leslie, what, my story, I'm just an ordinary person. There's nothing going on in my life. I'm just an ordinary person. Nobody wants my story. You know, I go to the shops, I get up, I do this. And one of my friends said to me at one point, and I said, do you know what? You have amazing stories because you have stories that I will never know. You had children. You have amazing stories growing in front of you. You are able to mold those stories, to give them the idea that they have power, to actually teach them how to use their voices and tell their stories. I don't have that, not in that relationship. I don't regret that. It wasn't for me to have. I get to blether to everybody else and tell my story anywhere I want to. It may just be one thing that you say. It could be an off-chance remark. But that off-chance remark can go deep inside someone and can ricochet around for a long time, and then it will come out. And that's why you have to remember that every time you open your mouth, you're making a mark on someone else. It can be good or it can be bad. We are actually telling someone else's stories because we are passing tradition down tanya you're talking about passing the tradition of a closed mouth and a closed heart and basically it's a case of tradition is there because it's just the thing that's always been done i could speak for like my culture because i grew up there so Mm -hmm. actually among women um everybody knows like a han h-a-n it's like a han it's like a bruised heart and all women carries it. And then um, they carry on generation to generation to pass on to the next generation, their suffering heart. And then you have to carry it. 
and also in Asian, like I mean, our culture. So what is the song that they're teaching is like when you marry, you gotta be three years deaf, three years dumb, three years blind. Meaning you go and you say nothing, you don't see anything, you don't speak anything. So then that's how you um, live your life. And also hmm. very interesting that I go back to the senior center. This one um, grandma, she was like start drawing. Whoa, beautiful picture. And then I said, did you draw before? And then she said, no. And then she started having the dementia, right? But so like I was sit there and then talking to her. Her story is just beautiful. And what was her story was she really, really wanted to go school, junior high school. Her mother said, no, you stay home and taking care of your brother and sisters. And then so while she was like talking to me, she's so clear. And then she said, "Um, but then my friends are going to school, but I have to go stream and then wash clothing and stuff. So when I see my friends coming to school, I hid it from the tree behind the tree because she feel shamed and then she got married so then i got married and then i didn't have time so she was like telling her story and then beautiful picture and we have all this story but like we don't want to share even my mother i don't even know really uh the story and then before she tell me all the story that she had a heart attack and she passed away. Only thing that she told me was like just a couple snapshot, you know, was because Korea has a lot of, you know, Korean war, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then what she was telling me was she has older brother and then she and then younger sister. So her mother, which grandma that I never seen her, but she was sick. So she put the boys clothes when she was like 12, 13 years old, and then go to get the medicine. The reason why she did it, because they wanted to keep her brother as a boy, but he has to survive. So they don't send him away. But my mother is the one who has to, you know, put like a boy's clothing and then go get the medicine. And Women's role, I mean, it's changed, but still. There's a lot of layers there because every culture has their thing when it yes. relates to that. And and I'll say the thing that you were talking about, Tanya, about um, that people have fate. Yeah. I think about when you were saying that, I thought, well, what chapter in my book am I? I think about life as a book. And some chapters mm-hmm. are action adventure and some yes. chapters are drama and some chapters are sorrow <laughs> and all these things. And I thought, well, I've lived a lot of lives during my life. You know, I, I was a girl. I was a, you know, I got married. I had, you know, kids and my kids are in their, you know, 31 and 26. And, you know, uh, I was married for 25 years. I'm not married anymore. And so I've done a lot of things. So this life that I'm living right now, I want to say is maybe the sixth or seventh version of me. And this is the version that um, I'm discovering who I am. 
me, mm. not me as a daughter, not me as a wife, not yeah. me as a mom, not me as a career person, not me as going through the challenges that I've gone through, but me as in I'm kind of at the point in my story where I'm getting a sense of who I am and the and I'm making an impact, not just in my life, but in other people's lives. But it's all part of my journey. And I think, uh, Leslie, you were talking about the journey. So that really resonated with me a lot. I love what Leslie was saying, too, about the uniqueness. We're all unique. We all have our different pasts. We have our different presence. We have a different future. And you also, when you're talking to most people, you have no idea what their story is. When you run into cranky people, you never know exactly why they are cranky. I have a point. I know I have a point. As the storytellers and the story curers, no, that's not a word, but we'll, we'll pretend it is one especially the the people in this conversation, we hear other people's stories a lot. And it's so interesting when you look at other lives. I do this. I look at pictures of people I went to high school with who stayed where I grew up and think if I stayed there, would that have been my life? You know, it's, it's just very mm -hmm. strange when you look at your, at the path you've chosen. And I am completely blessed. I get to do things that I love and I get to help people. I mean, what better life is there, right? But it's still really interesting when you see people who have similar paths and you look around. And I think the best thing we can do with people is to root for them, to get their stories out and share their truth and to help others. It's interesting though. It's a case of, like you were saying, it's a case of what would have happened if I had stayed there? What would have happened if, mm. the, if I hadn't chosen? And we come to crossroads in our lives all the time, but we don't actually notice them most of the time. It can be just a like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, I'll just go this way because that way is blocked for some reason, and I'm just going to go this way. But by going that way, you'll see something or someone, you'll hear, overhear a conversation, and something will happen. And spirit or the universe or something will go, hello, this is for you. Open it up. Listen, because you're going to go here now. And that is just the most amazing thing. I stopped fighting it after a while. It was just a case of, oh, that'll be for me then. And um, it's one of those things that you can never really go back because you were meant to be where you are. Wow. And there's an, there's a, a, an old curse from Haiti that I learned about a long time ago. And it's like, for your destiny, for your fate, is mm. like the palm of your hand. And when we start our life, we start off down here and we have all this area here to explore and we can take any of these paths, any one of them throughout of our lives. We can move one path to another and then take a, take a strand up here. Where do we end up? Always on the top of the fan. We're always going on the same road, but we just choose a different path to get there. So we have different lessons that we've learned and that we can impart to others. We have those of us who, have, who are actually going to be using our voices in some way creatively. And if we can find that way of expressing how it is, it doesn't, it could be knitting. It could be knitting a jumper for someone or a sweater, I think you call it. And basically, it's, we call it, I don't know why we call it a jumper, but we do. Maybe it's because sheep jump. I don't know. But it's one of those things that when we do find one way to express it, and it could be just singing in the shower. It could be, you know, humming a little tune as you do the dishes in, of an evening. Or it could be sitting down meditating 
and allowing yourself to connect to them through the universe and allowing yourself mm-hmm. to release it that way and to actually find that your story has meaning. If only for you, isn't that enough? Mm. It should be. Yeah, I think that, and then I just wanted to bring out the um, the point something here because if I stay in Korea and then only know Korean, I think I'm not the woman who sit here and then saying um, I wrote the story of other women's lives. And what is a very interesting thing is it was very hard for me to express my emotion in Korean. I, yes, I think that is very interesting, even discovering myself, that um, when I'm angry, I express my anger in English because I didn't learn, because it's like, that's taboo. You have to be silent. You have to be suppressed. That's a good woman. You don't speak out. You don't really tell how you feel. So even when I was writing in poems in English and actually start express my feelings and reveal the stories, I felt guilty. I felt, even though I told you like the story, my father's confronting my father's mistress, the title. And um, when I was like writing that story, oh my goodness, even like the first line, after my dad died 10 years later, I phoned her. 10 years later, and then the time, like in the poem, the first line, I could call him bastard in English. Your father is a bastard, but you never call your father bastard. So I said, in English, what is say? Not Korean. So then like I get split personality. When I, when you ask me to talk Korean, I'd be very nice talking, but like, and even my own poem, there's the no trespassing that I was very angry at my roommate. So I wrote it, very angry voice. But when I translated, it became very submissive. So I am a closed door, closed door. You knock on my door before you come in. But when we translated, 나는 닫혀있는 닫혀있는 문입니다. 그대 내 문을 들어오기 전문 두드려주세요. Why? Because if I say same voice in Korean, they will say like, ah, that's not a poem. What an angry woman. That's what would they say. So then when I change it to soft voice and then fit into woman's role, oh, what a precious poem. I think you're amazing. That is just absolutely remarkable. I love that it is in another language and that are both sides of yourself. That's in the fact that you know that and can express it so well. I mean, 
Go you. I, I was asking before we went live what Tanya's favorite poem was for the submission <laughs> she was doing to, yes. to bring everybody up to date. And she said, when I confronted my father's mistress. And I said, then lead with that one. What, of what you are most passionate about is what's going to drive you to the goal that you want. Yeah, it'll resonate with every with the people. You know, you've got a spice and a flavor, and yeah. people that are going to be attracted to that spice and flavor are going to know exactly what you're talking about because your story is their story too, and they'll actually you're, you're it's just going to be impactful and resonate with them. So I agree with Deb. I mean, lead with the the one that's your favorite. But can I tell you uh, the funny stories? Because like you know, I am among like with the Korean community, right? And then. When they read my poems, they, they think like it is just like a sweet Korean. And then they say like, oh my God, you're so different than like your writing. <laughs> and then even though I wrote Comfort Women, right? And then like I talk about Comfort Women. And then I actually talking about um, the, you know, um, a lot of like, you know, hard women's life issues. So then I'm talking about point of their voice. <laughs> then they're going to say especially um, first-generation Korean men, like they go, Tanya, stop writing comfort women. Stop writing that mad poems. Just write it precious, soft, soft as a rock. That's one of the, my poems. They're kind of like beauty poems. Before we wrap up, I want two more things from each of you because you've given me so much. Of course, I want more. Is from your perspectives, I would love a bonus goal. What someone listening can do today, tonight, tomorrow to get in touch, to better tell their stories. And then think about what your final thought is that you want to leave people with. So Leslie, what is something someone can do that's really easy, simple to work to get their story out of themselves? Sit in the morning with a blank piece of paper and a pen and just write the first thing that comes. It will set the tone and you can actually start to make yourself understand that there's a mood there, there's a reason behind that mood. And if it's worries, if it's stress, get it out on the paper. And if it's stressful and it's something that's a bad memory, take it outside and burn it. I love, you know, this, this really makes me think of what Kanye is saying. All these things that sound really nice in Korean and then in English, they're like, pow, wham. And then we have Leslie who sit in the morning, write the first thing comes to you. And if it's bad, burn it. I just, I just want you to remember to ask the question, whose talk am I walking? Is it mine or is it someone else's? My grandfather's, my grandmother's, my mother's, my father's. Is it their expectations of what I should be or what they think my duty should be? I have a duty to me. What's mm. my duty today? Amazing and so true because we're, we're not just telling our stories, we're telling our stories from the past, but when we're true to the who we are and where we came from, that's where we get our power. Did, did I paraphrase you well enough? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's not it's not about it's not about forgetting the past. It's not about dishonoring the past. It's about saying, yes, this is what you had to do. We are in a whole different world now. We are in a space where tradition can be honored. It doesn't have to be protected. It doesn't have to be continued. 
the same way. We can walk the road of our tradition with a new tradition that we make ourselves so that we're comfortable in the new shoes that we're walking in on this journey. Wow. Mm. Leslie, that is just so beautiful. It's good. Really good. I have to go back and listen to it again. Especially women, you put other people first. And then, you know, Leslie, you know what it is, what happens when you try to put yourself first, you feel you're selfish. And then even though it's not just you, your society say, oh, my goodness, you're so selfish. You put yourself first. You're gonna well, actually, Tanya, celebrate the selfishness because the one thing they tell you on an airplane is don't give the mask to anybody else. You have to take it first or you'll be useless to anyone else because you'll be dead. I have a hard time. If my kid's next and then I think I'm going to... I know, I know. <laughs> people people say to me at one point because of the spiritual thing, Oh, yeah. you're 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 very you're very you're very up there with the anger thing today. You're very kind of forceful. I'm like, this is what I love about shamanism. We get angry, we get over it. We get happy, we know it's not going to last. Because this is life. We're human. We have emotions for a reason. They're there, a whole plethora of emotions are there for us to play with. And we can as long as we use them properly, they're not going to get a hold of us. We are not the tiger by the tail. We are the tail of the tiger. And so mm. basically, it's a case of enjoy it. Don't go bananas with it. You know, if you want to have a wall in your, in your depression and your anxiety and you say, yeah, yeah, why am I anxious? Why am I like this? Why am I wired? How would it be to just let it go? Mm. What is it that's holding you there? Why are you holding this tail? Why are you holding on to this? Let it go. It's It wants to get away. That's why it's coming out. It wants to leave you. And basically, what I would say to people is find your sovereign self. Step inside to that power because it's within each of us. Male, female, however you present, it's there. That energy that's inside that we were born with, mm. that is the star part of us, that is the plug to jack into the universe. It's there. And when I say that I forget what I'm saying, it's because Leslie goes to the back of the bus and has a sit down and a little read with her feet up while the sovereign self shaman person comes forward and says, this is how it is. And that's how it works. The storytelling, all about know thyself, step into who you are and offer the who you are to the world. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to jump in and say to add to what's been been said already. And, and, you know, like anything else, right, for those of you that are watching or listening, um, you're going to take stuff that applies to you right now. But I also suggest that you come back two weeks from now, a month from now and rewatch or re-listen because something mm -hmm. else is going to speak to you. Right. This is the live. The, these are living wow. words. Right. And it, it meets you where you're at. Um, I will say the first thing that you should do in storytelling is give yourself permission because yeah. as we've heard here, a lot of times we as women feel we don't have permission because we have to put everyone else first. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's seasons in life for that. But when you get to a season in life where that's not as much a priority, much like where I am now, guess what? You don't have to still do the thing you've always done just because you've always done it. You're in a different season in your life. Embrace that season. Kind of 
discover what it is because it's a new season. You've never been here before. And as Leslie said, we don't go backwards. We go forward. So what we're going forward to is fresh and new. But how do we know what that is? Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. Play with it. Be childlike with it. Discover it. And if there's things that you discover, you're like, ooh, I don't like that. Well, leave them behind. Go somewhere else and see what else it is. But give yourself permission, I think, would be the key. And then circling back around to to the conversation, uh, what Deb just said, be do you like whatever be you were built and created for a purpose and you have these natural innate abilities and this natural curiosities and these gifts be that person you don't know what it is discover what it is and then do that thing that brings you joy that is so easy for you that it doesn't take any effort because it's natural it's something that's inside of you that comes out you have that because you're a gift to someone else and do that for yourself so be do you and uh, yeah have fun because it's a journey and it's an adventure and it's not for the faint-hearted but what else would we be doing i think that 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 piece that joy piece mm. it's so important yes Yes. I that's very interesting Jennifer you brought the joy because um I was like reading like you know I I'm giving review for like these books like not um published yet and then I have to give like my um opinion. I feel so important. <laughs> And it was like about, like, I'm reading this. Um, that's exactly what I said to the book. I said, it's missing joy in this book. <laughs> and who wants, uh, feels very forced it, you know, forced it. And then even the, like, fit in the character in the box. And I just wanted to go on because, like, you know, the conversation, it's just, like, amazing. It's so inspired. I just felt so joyful and then listening to Leslie, Jennifer, and that, I mean, just like amazing. And um, actually, Leslie, what I do is like every morning, I don't know how many years, um, the first thing that I do in the morning is I'm right. Like when I get up and then first thing that I do is writing. So um, like at least 15, 20 minutes. Like, and then just like what you say, and then you, I try to remember like what was in the dream. Mm-hmm. And I just like write the dream or like things to do. And then if I, um, actually, there's some part that I have to write, I write and then I burn it too, because you don't want to leave the something behind. If you, if you don't want to write, there's, I, I actually have the, a picture of a cougar, a puma on the, on the wall in front of my, on my bed. And she's got her big claws into this big bit of wood. And the affirmation on it says, today will be a good day because I said so. And that is just, that I just tickles me. That just tickles me. I thought, you are definitely at the bottom of my bed. First thing I look at in the morning, today will be a good day because I said so. I need that. As a former theatre nurse, I can tell you that is the best way to do it. So um, for like for me to like people who's like, oh, I don't want to write, you know, like I don't know where to start. I want to give you like a little um, tips because actually like during this season that we had, um, I taught like, you know, high school students poetry through June. So what I gave them the word, I said, use the five senses. So like I give them like a word, like just like you guys are mood, then I would say 
Okay, right. What do you see? Just like write down what do you see around you, five things. What do you smell, five things. What do you hear, five things. You know, and then the sense, like you start writing. And then now you use the word, start with, I remember. So what do you remember with that smell, that senses? You know, and then they send me this beautiful poems, amazing poems. And so if you think, and then another really fun um, practice is just like if you don't know how to do it, then just like write down three words. Just go Dap, Jennifer, Leslie, and then go another three things, you know, <laughs> table, coffee, wine. And then it's just like three words keep going. And then, like, you just could develop. So um, I think it's just like an opening. Like, it's almost like a broken open. So, like, it's just like hard to open your heart or, like, your hand. But when you start doing it, then you could um, start writing. And then that leads to me the story. I just wanted to say one um, last thing because it was just, like, very interesting. Um, I didn't share much yet but like i bought um the lamp glass right the lamp is a glass and then i uh drop it mm-hmm. and then it broke the glasses broke and somehow i couldn't touch it i couldn't touch the glass so i let it stay on the corner where it was broken I mean, I don't know if this is like really, I'm telling the truth. So hopefully somebody will, I don't know if I should tell, but like, um, I just like, I mean, I think three or four days, just like let, I couldn't pick up the pieces. I just, it was broken in the corner. And then actually that led to me that when my father was like a domestic violence when I was a kid, that our sliding glass door was broken. And then I was totally blocked out. I didn't want to go there. There was, I think that was like the most fearful day of my life. And then I never want to visit. And then mechanism is that like how loving my parents are. I mean, they're really loving people, but they fought, you know. And that moment when I was seven years old, that is the most hardest part that I was witnessed as a person. And I was totally black. And it did not, it didn't came out like not long ago, just like a month and a half ago. I dropped it and then I just don't know what to do. But it leads me to that back memory. Wow. It's a key. It's a key. You, you you unlocked the memory with that action. It's a memory of a trauma. Mm-hmm. So it's actually got egress now. It's got a way to come out and you can actually look at it like you would look at that broken glass in the corner of your room and just see that it's broken glass. It has no emotion. Mm-hmm. It has no meaning. It has no intent. It's just there. And that's what the memory is. It has no emotion. It has no intent. 
it's just there. You are here now. You are the woman that you are. And that was part of your story. And it possibly made you stronger than broken glass. Leslie, you are you are something else. I just I'm going to come go back and watch this and listen because so many gold nuggets <laughs> that are going to that have meaning for me. And oh, uh, meaning I, for me, yeah. I have I so appreciate Deb for putting us all together because for me, listening to your stories has really uh, touched me, and I need some time to process because there's a lot going on. So thank you. When I put these groups together, I never know what's going to happen. And while I'm living the experience like I'm doing right now, I'm like, I couldn't have programmed this. That's why I love bringing people together so much. This Mm -hmm. has just been ridiculously amazing, powerful conversation. And I thank you all for being here. Deb, you're an alchemist. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'll take it. I have to thank you all so much for sharing your heart and your soul. Now, before we wrap, why don't we just go through where can people find you? Let's start with you, Jennifer. You can look at at ePodcaster on Twitter, and that'll take you everywhere else. Really, that's the reality. I'm ePodcaster on Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse. I'm not difficult to find. So, yeah. And please connect with me because, you know, that's the way that we shorten. We make the world smaller as we get connected. Yes. And where can people find you, Tanya? www.tanyakahong.com. That's where you could find me. And then Twitter, Instagram, and um, the same thing, same name. So that would be great. And then I love to connect with you guys. Jennifer, mm-hmm. it's just like I didn't know. I didn't find you before. And Leslie, too. <laughs> I know. This is great. Uh, Leslie, where can people find you? You can get me on my Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash shamanism Scotland. And my website is www.spiralheart.co.uk. And Twitter is spiralheart4, and so is Instagram. Okay, final thoughts. Be yourself. Mm. Be wonderful. Be magical, because you can. Love it. You're telling me, Leslie? <laughs> I'm telling you, girl. I'm telling you. And laugh until your head rolls back in your ribs heart. <laughs> A final thought, Tanya? Um, I think, you know, probably like, oh, why did I make a fool of myself again? That would be the thoughts, but <laughs> I am going to change it like the, um, it's, it's a brave, like it's vulnerability, you know, like when it Brown's like, you know, talking about vulnerability. So I think showing your vulnerability, we taught to be, that's the weak sign and then humiliating, but actually that's being human being. So I really hope that, um, it could be human being and it is okay. So be still. Thank you. Jennifer, take us home. Life is an adventure and we get to decide what path we take on that. And, and I'll tell you that a lot of times folks think, oh, I'm too old to do 
that thing, whatever that thing that I've always wanted to do, or Mm. you think life's passed you by, but I'm going to leave you with kind of a sobering thought today, right now, this exact moment is the youngest you will ever be for the rest of your life. So what are you waiting for? Get out there, make it happen, do the thing and have fun. This has just been so empowering and wonderful. So thank you all so much. Everybody, tell your story. You can do it. Just go out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.